When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phase Zero Season 2 Episode 16 starts right now. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. We have so much to talk about today. This will be a chunky one, I feel like. Oh, we do. Aaron Perrine is here. What's going on, guys? Big episode today. Big old episode. And Chris <laughs> Killian is here. That's right. I downed a Monster Energy just to get ready for this. <laughs> I found out I was going to be on this 20 minutes ago. And now I'm all jacked up. Let's do it. That's it. Dreams do come true, Chris. Well, thank you for being here. Jamie Jurak couldn't make it today. Uh, and we were like, who could possibly fill those shoes? Who else other than a monster energized Chris Killian? Yeah, I know. I got plenty of wiggle room in the toe area, but I'm happy to be here. We're happy to have you. So it's it's been uh, it's been a big week of interesting Marvel news, to say the least. Uh, we have a lot to talk about on the news front. The Moon Knight spoilers are going to come in the second half of the show. So if you haven't watched Moon Knight yet, you can join us for this first half if you're watching live. Uh, and not worry, we're not going to drop spoilers just yet. Uh, I did want to thank everybody for the continued support of the YouTube channel. The uh, That Russell Bobbitt interview is now officially the most viewed video on our YouTube channel. So thank you for that. Across 2,000 subscribers, thank you for that. Really, really proud of this community. Uh, really, really proud of how open and fun you guys are in the comment section like take a lot of pride in that so thank you guys uh and now we got to get to some news there is also the disney panel is happening at CinemaCon at the, the like towards the end of this show is when it starts so we may have some live news towards the end of today's show we may have a post-credit scene where we all just end up tweeting about it but uh just something to be keep your keep your eyes out everybody there may be some footage or news or something coming out of the Disney presentation at CinemaCon. It's a couple hours long, so hopefully they front load it with the stuff we on Phase Zero care about. I mean, I care about a lot of it, but for the sake of Phase Zero, we want that Marvel stuff first, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll figure it out how to bring you that. You dude. say that, it's just going to all be Avatar 2. Like, just wall-to-wall <laughs> Avatar 2. And not only that, I, can I just say I won't be upset if it's only Avatar 2 because we've waited so long for this movie. I'm ready for James Cameron to show everyone who James Cameron is again. It's Did you see the news that somewhere it was reported yesterday that Avatar 2 is going to be available in more formats than any movie ever? Oh, wow. Like IMAX 3D, IMAX, I don't know. I think they're like actually going to have somebody who like like blows wind on you and stuff. <laughs> they'll paint you blue when the movie starts Perfect. so you can really feel it they give you little scratch and sniff cards for particular scenes it's going to be awesome yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I James still, Cameron I actually still... is doing that in select theaters for people <laughs> <laughs> I still think the Avatar was like the best IMAX experience I've ever had and that's like 2009 just as far as like I, I missed that couple of years where, where 3D really made a resurgence I you know, I mean, I was just thinking about that the other day. It's like, remember the boxes where you'd have to recycle the 3D glasses? Like, that's gone. Like, nobody does that anymore. I miss it. 3D movies suck. 
Yeah. No, they didn't all suck. <laughs> Not when you were James Cameron and you knew what you were doing. Going to the movies and watching it with 3D glasses on and watching it in 3D is a headache for me. I'm that person. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of it at all. I, I do think it got overused, but they were particular. There were certain directors who knew how to use it, and James Cameron's one of them. Well, it became obvious that it was being overused because it was a more expensive ticket. Yes. So everybody mm-hmm. tried to, like, movies that weren't <laughs> shot for 3D, they would just reformat it for 3D, and it looked okay. Like, it was cool, I guess. There was the era of 3D TVs, and that never took off. They tried to put college sports and ESPN in 3D. I don't need that. I don't need that. Yeah. All right. You're all the way good on it. Just all the way fine about it. Uh, Sam Raimi says that they're filming Doctor Strange 2 for IMAX in 3D, and it's supposed to be really, really cool looking. But I don't know. I feel like with all the camera work that he does, I'd be reaching for my sick bag. (laughs) <laughs> I might be all right. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I would. I'll. I, I'll give it a shot in 3D, maybe, but not. It wouldn't be my preferred format for my first viewing. If people told me, "Wow, I saw it in 3D and it was it made the experience better with Doctor Strange or Avatar," then maybe I'll try it. But uh, until somebody tells me to do that, I don't need 3D. All right, let's get to some news here. <laughs> Sony. Sony went crazy at at CinemaCon. Some of these announcements were unexpected to say the least uh i got the first one here this one's not unexpected but i <laughs> i think y'all know i don't really care about this one because i've been hurt too many times uh venom 3 is officially on the way doesn't have a release date yet tom hardy will be back and it's gonna be a movie so uh venom 3 is being made <laughs> sometime <laughs> you know, I, you know what was not announced was Morbius two, and that was I know. Mm, I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. CinemaCon's a bust because we didn't get like four more Morbius sequels announced. All it's all just throw it in the trash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like y'all, y'all know I have done a complete one eighty on Venom. I thought the first one was just okay, and then over time, I've started to really adore it. I think the, the these movies know exactly what they are, and I think when they lean into the absurdity, it is so much more fun to watch. I, I have said on the show, I want so many Venom movies to where they basically just become earnest movies of like Venom goes to camp, <laughs> Venom goes to space, Venom goes wherever. Like just take him wherever, and I will watch it because Tom Hardy is committing on a level that like nobody asked him to. But it is so great. I, I will say this in defense of the Venom movies that they know what they are. Yeah. Like in a lot of this other stuff, we we're kind of confused. Like, what is this going to be? But I feel like they've established a formula of like weird, like buddy slash weird, almost romance movies with freaking Tom Hardy talking to himself that <laughs> people enjoy. I don't know what some of these other things that are have been announced or may or may not exist are going to be tonally or whatever else. But Venom, at least at least you, it is what it says on the tin. And that's something I guess we can all appreciate in way. Yeah, this is the first time hearing about the, the Ernest P. World knockoff <laughs> Venom movies. And uh, can I just say that I'm here for that all the way? <laughs> <laughs> because um, I don't, I don't need to pretend that Venom's a superhero. I do need to see Venom go to jail, or or Venom <laughs> scared stupid. I need to see those things. So yeah, let's let's do it. You can say that the Venom movies know what they are. I don't know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, Tom Hardy is fit, is great. That Venom himself is pretty good for the most part. There are some questionable moments for what they do with that character, but. Uh, Overall, Venom slash Eddie, I like it. The movies, the stories they're delivering to us, I don't. So, I at this point, 
At this point, I, I feel also like almost more intrigued to see what the MCU does with the symbiote now that that little speck got left off at, at, at the end of No Way Home. Like that's that's where I'm I'm like, well, if you're going to have silly venom over here, then I want to see like a real real deal scary venom in the MCU. But only time will tell. Maybe nothing happens with that at all. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, if Sony's telling a story through post-credit scenes that is probably <laughs> never going to actually get told. And we've seen that before in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Hell of a post-credit scene there, right? Well, who knows? Maybe that's still going to get told. We'll see. Andrew Garfield says he's taking a break from acting, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, this isn't even... Venom 3 is, the, it's, is totally fine. Like, we expected it. It's cool. It is hands down the least surprising piece of news. Chris, you got you tell you're you're up uh, here on this next. Well, and, and as far as surprising news goes, uh, on Tuesday, Sony announced that they are greenlighting a movie called El Muerto with Bad Bunny in the lead role. It's going to come out January twelfth, uh, two thousand twenty-four. And if you don't know who El Muerto is, that's okay because there's not even a Wikipedia page for this character. Like, that's how obscure he is. Like, as soon as I heard El Muerto, I was like, they're redoing the Wilder Val Valderrama movie from 2007. <laughs> I was like, that's, are we doing the Crow knockoff? Is that what it is? No, it's a, it's, it's like a luchador with a magical mask. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know. I feel like it's a huge win for Bad Bunny and a huge loss for everybody else. That's how I feel about this El Muerto news. I don't I, I'm I don't want to hate on the guy because I just feel like this guy is living out all of my dream fantasy. Uh, just as far as he's he's he got to wrestle in WWE and now he's and now he's gonna be cast as a wrestler character in uh <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this movie. It's ridiculous. And the whole the whole idea that this is what they're reaching for is, is insane to me. But you know what? More power to them. I hope they surprise me. I hope it. I hope it turns out to be a lot of fun. I would have rather seen, uh, you know, uh, a movie with uh, what was the name of uh, of Macho Man's character in the first Spider Man? Yeah, that's a, that's. I'd rather yeah. see a Bone Saw movie, but that's just me. So uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? I um, like you. I, I like Bad Bunny a lot. I like Bad Bunny's music. I like Bad Bunny, uh, the WWE superstar. <laughs> uh, he's in Bullet Train. That, what I, the limited bits I've seen in that of him in that look fine. I think he's set up to fail here. I'm, it's hard to imagine a version of this where, like, just looking at this track record, The Amazing Spider-Man Two, Venom, Venom Two, and Morbius. Where the way these the, they make these characters work, but I don't know. People love Venom just because I'm not one of them. Doesn't mean that the, I mean the movie is successful. People love them. People there are people who love those movies. So, but do they I'll, do they love it for there are there are people who oh do they love it ironically? Venom. I mean, does like, does it matter? I love Samurai Cop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it uh, so much. The Venom much. movies make a lot of money. Morbius mm -hmm. is not making a lot of money, so I don't know what's going to happen there. But El Muerto, I, I think Bad Bunny could sell some tickets on his own. So yeah, well, I mean, sure. That's is, and who knows? That's maybe why it turns cast, out to be a right? good movie, and they make this very obscure Marvel character a popular character, and he has a resurgence in comics, and all of a sudden he's got a trilogy. We're all begging for the amazing El Muerto three in, in 10, 15 years, but 
right now the the uh, in, in live action I, I don't have a lot of faith in in the, the spider-man universe that sony's developing it's such an interesting choice and it's like i now my chris my boyfriend is now an el muerto expert and by that i mean he's read all two comic appearances he read them after <laughs> yeah. this was announced on monday night and is now like talking and joking about them incessantly i think there is a nugget of a story that could actually be really cool depending on how they do it and i think there is something of value of like having a wrestling superhero movie like knowing how popular the wrestling world has gotten in recent years like i think it could sell tickets especially with bad bunny involved but it is just such a weird decision <laughs> on so many levels and i'm just sitting over here like we've had a black cat and or silver sable movie in the works for like over almost a decade at this point and nothing is moving forward with that and yet bad bunny is and el muerto are being fast-tracked so i'm just like okay i'll just i'll just wait and see what y'all have up your sleeve because it is just something else Aaron, and, what's I, up? and i think too well i was gonna say i, I mm-hmm. think you make a good point is like it depends on how they want to do it right yeah. like if we're gonna get like nacho libre or something i I mean, I'm all I'm all for it, but it just depends on how serious it takes itself. Like that's going to be a big, (laughs) a big kicker. Yeah, (laughs) there's like a very pronounced like joking on the Internet of like wrestling fandom that Vince McMahon watches things on TV. (laughs) And as the things come across his screen, he just makes weird decisions for people's gimmicks and like what directions that the thing's going to take and all sorts of. And it feels like the inverse here where Sony was watching WrestleMania where Bunny was in that match or the Rumble, where he was actually really good in the Rumble. And they're like, you know what? Two hours and this thing probably won't cost that much money to make. We could do this. We could absolutely do it. And then there's only two comics. There's two, Jenna? Did yes. I hear that correctly? There are oh literally only two. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I kind of wonder, like, when they, yeah. when they look at that budget, do they even hire writers? Or do they just say, like, <laughs> go, go do something fun? I also wonder if this is a situation where they brought this to Bad Bunny or did Bad mm-hmm. Bunny pitch this? From my understanding, they went to Bad Bunny from like, it seems like Sony is just like, who from the cast of Bullet Train can we make into a superhero? Because we have that with Aaron Taylor Johnson with Craven, and then now with Bad Bunny, they apparently went to him and were like, what superhero would you want to play? And then he did research and stumbled on El Muerto and was like, he's a wrestler. I want to play this character. So it seems like it was him suggesting it after researching, but I don't know. Interesting. But they haven't convinced Brad Pitt to be anyone yet. That's disappointing. (laughs) He's already Vanisher. Yeah. Mm. Fox got him. (laughs) Fox Fox landed the Brad Pitt superhero movie. Vanisher. He's actually sitting right next to me. Yep. Take us through the next step of this weird multiverse that we find yes. ourselves in. So somehow yeah. one of the like middle pieces of news in terms of craziness is that Madam Web now has a release date. Um, it will be coming out on July 7th of 2023. Um I still, this is the one movie outside of Venom where I'm like, this movie could potentially be something that I would thoroughly enjoy. When you have Dakota Johnson, you have Sydney Sweeney, just with like the lore of Madam Web, I feel like this could still be something. But as Beatty said, Sony's track record is so all over the place. So I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop at this point. But yeah, the thing that I find most interesting oh, my camera froze. Oh, no. Oh no! I'm, oh. <laughs> we can hear you. Hold on. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm turning it back on. I got too animated with my hands. Okay. Oh, is it? Is it starting again? No. 
It's not. Okay, somebody else have a thought, and I'll jump back in when I fix this. Uh, Jenna, for the longest you said, this movie does not exist, right? (laughs) It does not exist. That's what Uh we've all been operating like. It doesn't actually have a real form or any kind, that and Craven, but both of them now have release dates, which is like, huh? Like, I don't (laughs) even understand how we got here. Like you said, that Silver Sable movie has existed for longer than both of these projects, Mm -hmm. and it does not have a release date yet. It is They're just, in a similar place where like Warner Brothers was with DC when they yeah. would just flash all those logos at Comic-Con. Yeah. Green Lantern Corps, Flashpoint, all these movies that they were like, they're coming, they're coming. And this was in like 2014. It's 2022. <laughs> and I fixed it. And I, yeah, but these, I, uh, too much hands, I do, sorry. I do think that uh, Madam Webb and El Muerto are actually going to happen. <laughs> Uh, what I think yeah. is really interesting about Madam Web and, and, and the fact that she's like such a she's a multiverse character like, that, you know, the idea is that she's going to be Sony's version of Doctor Strange who can dip in and out of the multiverse. And now we have Beyond the Spider-Verse like that's kind of interesting to me, because when they say that the title is Beyond the Spider-Verse, like what is beyond like, are we going to see animation like meshing with live action is like that where they're actually going to go where we're going to get this Roger Rabbit Chippendale style movie with live action characters and animated characters i mean that's gonna that's the only thing that i can think of that would literally be left to like just blow my mind as far as what they're gonna do with spider-man overload space jam 3 is gonna be wild yeah Yeah. but madam webble comes out a month after the next spider-verse oh yeah and there was footage there was footage. Yeah, Cam Cam Bonamalo, right, from the site, mm-hmm. got to see this and describe it for all of us in scintillating detail in 240 <laughs> characters. Um, and he said that, like, you know, it was just, like, the real beginnings of it. And I think it might have been even rough animation. It's not completely finished yet. But the energy around it was fantastic. Unfortunately, now we're not getting it this year. And it comes out in June 2nd. 2023 and i was so sad it was my most anticipated movie of the year and now i'm at the wait longer but that's okay because all of the stuff surrounding this movie apparently there are 240 characters in it uh spider characters in it and there's only like what like 40 or something in the first one so chris lord uh, phil or chris Miller, like just punched into overload like anything could come out of that. Like your Roger rabbit thing is totally on the table for beyond the spider verse, Chris, like 100%. Like, it's not like that. Like I'm sitting there. I'm like, if they're doing all this, like is Tom at Tom and Zendaya, are they really not in this movie or at the end of it or something? Like, why do you need to push this so far? So, yeah, I, I just think that that titling is very interesting because mm-hmm. if you're going across the spider verse and then you go beyond the spider verse, like it's just a question of what is beyond the spider verse. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not live action. That franchise is that first movie's perfection. And if they try to, mm-hmm. if that, I mean, maybe there's a way to do it right. I don't, there's a reason why I don't write these things, but. Uh, <laughs> I think it's turn the live action, like actors and portrayals into animated of like, oh, we get like Tom Spider-Man or like Cumberbatch as Dr. Strain and they're just in animated form and it still mm-hmm. works with the movie. That would work for me. Like that would not jump the shark yet. Mm. I mean, as long as we don't get into live action and Oscar Isaac's Spider-Man 2099 is not one of the personalities or something, yeah. we're good. We're fine. Yeah. As long as they don't do anything weird like that, we sh- we're we cool. 
Well, I imagine even if it does cross over into live action, this is all going to be Sony based, right? I don't think that this is going to, yeah. ha- I don't think that MCU is going to touch this at all. I think it, I mean, it's just going to be just a whole hodgepodge of all of Sony's characters mixed in once. I can't imagine why Sony would allow Disney to have anything to do with Spider-Verse. Like that's a huge <laughs> success that they did on their own. So if I was Sony, I'd be like, well, I have this successful thing. I want to keep full ownership of it. There's yeah. no need to collaborate with anybody else on it regardless of whatever you might want to say, Disney could do this with the characters whatever. like from, from a business standpoint. And at the end of the day, filmmaking, filmmaking is a business. Uh, I don't think Sony would look at that like, Oh, we could share this. Yeah. No venom. Like the idea of Tom Hardy venom, like going back and forth with, uh, with like middle-aged Spider-Man animated. I, that would be great. I would love it. So I don't know. I don't know. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> What else we got here today? Um, so uh, switching over to not spider related news and not Sony related news. Yes. Um, it was announced that Laura Donnelly will be playing Elsa Bloodstone in the currently still untitled Werewolf by Night Halloween special. Um, so Elsa has been rumored to be in the MCU for the longest time. There have been so many different casting rumors about like, where could she debut? Who is playing her? All that sort of stuff. And so now we finally know, and it's much sooner than we expected. So um, Laura Donnelly is best known for being in the nevers, which was that HBO show that came out last year. She's also been on episode of Merlin. She played like J.R.R. Tolkien's mom in the biopic a couple years ago. So she seems great. I'm not as familiar with her work, but I love Elsa Bloodstone. Um, she, for people who are not familiar, is the descendant of a line of monster hunters and is very kind of Buffy the Vampire sort of, or Vampire Slayer sort of vibes of, I'm a young girl. It seems like she'll be a little bit older in this, but it's this thing of like, I am from a family of monster hunters and hilarity and awesomeness ensues. So I'm super on board for this. I think it is just great that we're getting her in this context. I'll be curious to see what y'all think about it. If you support it, I support it. Plain and simple. <laughs> awesome. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know enough about her. So I I'm, I'm in the same boat as BD on this one. I'm going to plead the fifth. No, I've already learned to not like, I, I just don't, I try not to judge people anyway. That's why I'm not so upset about bad bunny. Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, Heath Ledger taught me a long time ago. Like I just, I just, uh, I, I just, I just back off and wait to see it myself before I, <laughs> I make any rash judgments. <laughs> it's like they're just pouring gas on the midnight sun stuff like just constantly every week it's just another match flicked at the giant kindling thing and the match comes this close and then goes but one of them is going to hit at some point maybe it'll be next week at the end of moon night who knows but like i'm just like there's so much supernatural like stuff bubbling around everything and i'm like what is i'm like what is going on like there's a lot of like Spooky, scary skeletons going on in the MCU <laughs> going forward. I just want to see where it's go, where it's going to go. Sorry, BD. <laughs> <laughs> All right. you did, BD. I did. I did. Okay, we got to get to these next couple pretty yes. quickly because okay. we got to take a break. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Doctor Strange 2 has been banned for 12 seconds of LGBTQ plus footage in both Saudi Arabia and Egypt, I want to say. Those are the two territories. Um, it's just a very quick mention of America Chavez having two moms. They asked Disney to remove the footage. Disney was like, no. And now you have people possibly bullying, you know, Sochi Gomez and who seems like a lovely young lady who Brandon got to talk to 
at the Moon Knight premiere, right? You got to interview her, talk to her. Yeah, There's a big She's really, really nice. Uh, there's a big sit down with her on Marvel.com this morning about Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness. But of course, we're stocked for time. So I will figure <laughs> out what's in that later. Um, 15 years old. Yeah. Really? 15 oh. years old. If you're bullying a 15 year old over this, you're a coward and you're stupid. Absolutely. And you suck. Yeah. And if you're mad that there's LGBTQ plus inclusion in this movie, you're stupid and you're a coward and you suck. And I mean, plain and simple, like this girl's 15 years old. She should, she is living a dream of playing a Marvel superhero. She should be able to celebrate it. It, it, This is like a part of the comics. This is a part of life. Get over it. I mean, there are a lot of people who are from those territories that are very frustrated that they're not getting the movie. I can understand that. You can be frustrated about not getting the film. You can take that up with whoever you need to take that up with to try to spark change where that sort of thing becomes acceptable because that's life. Those things exist in life. I think if you're going at a 15 year old or mad that this is in the film in general, you're wrong. And it's, that's, I mean, there's no other, there's no other way to address it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kudos to Disney also for not removing mm-hmm. the 12 seconds. I almost wish they would double down and include more <laughs> footage now and just like have 24 <laughs> seconds yeah. of, of footage in there alluding to it. But yeah, you know, I, uh, I there's part of me that wants to get, uh, a little angrier about it, but I'm going to refrain, uh, on, on this show. Uh, but, but I think we all agree with BD's sentiments on this. Absolutely. I do have to say like there, I, I appreciate the fact that it is something that cannot be cut out of the movie. Cause like having lived through rise of Skywalker, it's like, Oh, first, first LGBTQ kiss. And then it was able to be cut out. Um, even like the secrets of Dumbledore, they were able to edit out like certain mentions of stuff. So the fact that it is so intrinsically part of the movie that like you cannot kind of compromise is good. I think that is, there's so much more we could do, but it is a good step in the right direction. And again, like people should not be bullying her for this situation. Cause I she is such a good actress. I loved her in the Babysitters Club show. I'm so excited that she's going to do this. So it's like everyone just needs to be nice and just calm down a little bit. So it's just like I don't. I, it's so bizarre to me that that a movie like this could be banned for not censoring that sort of thing. Like like people want like there's governments and people in the world who want you to act like these sort of things don't exist. Like people don't live lives this way and completely never hurt another person. They are just a perfectly fine normal person. And now people are going after a 15 year old for playing a character that like is part of a story, which represents perfectly normal, healthy people. It's just, uh, yeah, it's baffling. It really is. And, and not only that, but I mean, it does make me feel very proud of our country in some weird way that like, you know, personal beliefs aside, you can sort of, you know, at least having the ability to choose what you do and don't see based on the information given to you or what you do or don't watch is important. But to have the government make that choice for you is uh, is disheartening, to say the least. And our country does have some plenty of work to do still on a lot of fronts. But right. But uh, clearly, I mean, yeah, we are we're seemingly ahead of other places in the world on these things. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we anybody else want to add to that before we move on? I don't want to just cut anybody off if they want to speak on it. <laughs> I think your soapbox was pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. The last thing before we take a break, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, Terry Crews has been cast as a member of the Nova Corps, Tal Merrick. Uh, the Guardians ride is going to try to stop a celestial known as Isan. That is a character who you may recognize from games. And I think like, I think the Lego Marvel game, he was in that, right? Mm. Um, but also comics. Um, 
And yeah, I'm going to go see Cosmic Rewind next week. Very, very excited from that. We've got the Doctor Strange premiere on Monday uh, and then coming back home for a night and then headed out to Orlando to, to check out. I think, I don't know, they haven't, they haven't told me yet, but I think uh, <laughs> pretty sure the thing they want to show me at Epcot is the Guardians ride. So I'm very excited about that. Um, so yeah, big, big week next week. And uh, does anybody want to comment on that before we take a break? Uh, All outside right, of break. congratulations <laughs> yeah hey, <thank> you. <laughs> uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break one minute then it's gonna be full spoilers for moon Knight at season two episode 16 of phase zero rose on see you in 60 seconds another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Phase Zero, Season 2, Episode 16. Right now, the Moon Knight Episode 5 spoilers begin. You've been warned. If you haven't watched it yet, what are you doing? <laughs> episode, it's so good. Um, you know the drill. We're going to go around with our reactions first. Chris, you're at the top of the screen. What do you think of Moon Knight Episode 5? Well, that was me wiping away a tear uh, <laughs> thinking about it. It was, um, it's been, I mean, the last two episodes have been so, so, so good. Uh, Oscar Isaac's ability to to go back and forth between Mark and Steven is is insanely impressive, and um, God, the whole Steven, I just uh, Steven, I I don't know. I my my only itty bitty criticism of these last two episodes is is how little of actual Moon Knight we're getting. Um, but outside of that, I mean, just what a fantastic character study this has been. Uh, it's really really solid and um you know i'm waiting to see how they stick the landing for the final episode because i do feel like they have a lot of story to sort of tie together for one more episode um but man if they stick the landing it really could be one of the best probably it'd probably be my new favorite disney plus show uh, i think wandavision is is still up there for me but uh but yeah this is this is this is climbing the charts for sure jenna um, so way back when I had seen the first four episodes and I had tweeted about them, I know I had said I had a couple gripes. I never outlined what they were. One was that I felt like there were certain flashbacks and certain pieces of like Mark and Steven's history that were still being withheld from us. And I knew there had to be a grand plan for that, but I wasn't sure how we were going to get them. And my second that Vector is not Chicago-y enough, because <laughs> since he's from Chicago in the comics, I was hoping they'd be into that a little bit more. Um, this episode delivered on both of those elements. So I am very happy in that regard. And I, I agree with what Chris said. Oscar's performance in this episode and in the entire show, but particularly here, was just unbelievable. Th this man is carrying phase four on his back and I am so happy for him. Um, I I just like it, I have seen people in the comments that I don't disagree with of like I almost wish this show was eight episodes because I feel like there's still so much we have to cover in one more episode of the show. So I will be very curious to see how they stick the landing, but I am enjoying what we're getting so much that I'm just still having so much fun. Aaron? He, he really is like really kind of like jumping 
different rungs of like the performance ladder here in the MCU. Like it's yeah. really impressive what he's managed to do here, like acting against himself. Like a lot of this is like my favorite stuff from animated shows where one voice actor voices two characters and they're just talking to themselves for 30 minutes and it's still entertaining. It's still really engrossing. Uh, the hand on some of the more delicate issues in this has been better than I probably could have expected on the outset because there was like concern about whether or not they're going to be able to, you know, handle DID and I freaking child abuse and other good childhood trauma. Like it's like I, I thought that when I watched some of my shows on Saturday that really were like an emotional gut punch, I'm like, well, the jack in the box has already been sprung. I'm not going to get punched in the face two times in one week. And then here comes Wednesday, like Stephen Grant. Like, oh, God, <laughs> not again. Why, why'd you do that? Why did I hit play? It's so good. I am a little bit concerned. Oh, boy. How fast are things going to resolve in the finale because mm -hmm. right now yeah. with him just in the middle of that field like big gladiator vibes but I have no idea how they're going to get back or what Harrow's doing or what's been going on while he's been on this like weird spirit quest inside of a, a medical institution I have no clue but I'm excited and excited to watch the end of it like it has it's hooks in me you know yeah crazily there's only one more um, I I uh agree with all of you. I thought this episode was fantastic. I think this may be the single best episode of any Disney plus show so far. It just had everything. It had answers. It had questions. It had emotion. It had performance. It had, it had everything. I mean, the only thing I could, if I'm trying to criticize, I agree. There's not a lot of action, not a lot of moon night throughout the series. It's very limited. And I would say some of the, uh, the CGI stuff like tower is very clearly, you know, animated in there i don't think that marvel has hit like thanos level of animation for a cgi character since thanos and i don't know if that's just a weird standard to hold it to i mean that's just trying to be critical like uh, to find someone to complain about i thought like the the duet looked great like all of it looked really a lot of it did look good and then of course you can find things to be critical about oscar isaac's work is unbelievable uh, like it's just Normally in a situation like this where you're watching a guy play these two characters and act with himself, or at least for me, I would sit there and I'd be like, oh, how'd they do this? Like, who's he really acting with? You can see the kind of seams. You can see the cracks. And it's just, he's so good at it. And the filmmakers are so good at those sequences that it is just so immersive. And you do believe that he's genuinely just talking to another person. It's really, really impressive stuff. Um, I am really curious how they're going to wrap this up. I hope it doesn't just become this big fight and that's it uh, i have a feeling that it might be that just moon knight versus harrow and maybe harrow is powered by Ahmed or something but uh i hope there's more to it than that but this may have been our big emotional finale and then our big action finale is next week but uh overall this episode was brilliant and uh, i've only watched it once so far i can't wait to watch it again uh so now we're going to run through some easter eggs and stuff I have a bunch written down. If you guys have any, feel free to, you know, cut me off or shut me up. Cause I know I didn't, we have a rundown for this show, everybody. And, uh, I didn't fill it in with our Easter eggs this morning. I, I'm pulling this from my separate video script that will be published on the phase zero channel. But, uh, the, the, the Institute they're in, in the beginning of the episode is the Putnam Institute. It's in Chicago. That's pulled straight out of Marvel comics. That is a location that is known in Marvel comics. Uh, it's also, if you look at the office that Harrow is in, 
uh, that is the same room that we saw. It's got the same structure and everything as the room we saw earlier. I think it was episode two, right before Mr. Knight appeared full of all the relics and stuff. It's the same room. So I don't know, just interesting stuff. There's just, you know, the, the goldfish with the one fin fish was being drawn. We saw that in episode one, the boat that they were on in this, in this midway between the life and the afterlife, like that boat was in the fish tank. So it's just really cool that they, as somebody whose favorite show ever is lost, <laughs> I think it's really cool that they seeded in these kind of details that, that pick back up and pay off and make you think like, wow, they knew what they were doing. I like that kind of stuff. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning to watch this episode, so I noticed oh. literally zero Easter eggs. <laughs> I, uh, I, But I, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. I enjoyed the show, but no, I was not paying attention for those things at that time in the morning. I thought for sure when the scale wasn't balanced mm-hmm. and uh, Mark and Steven were fighting off the dead, that were, or the, the army, whatever that was, I forget what it's called, <laughs> what the proper word was, that was trying to pull them off into the sand i thought for sure jake lockley was going to come bursting out and they were going to need the third heart to balance the scale to make it complete and i was like oh this is going to be epic here comes Mm -hmm. jake he's going to save them and put his heart on there and it didn't happen i was like what (laughs) that is is like my one complaint with this episode is that like they did such a good job of establishing like how mark and steven started out and like how they are in relationship to each other and just the emotional core of that that i feel like if we do get jake in the finale how do you do that without jumping the shark because it already is this thing of like people are so attached to the two personalities that we've seen that then like how do you get people invested in jake lockley while also developing everything else that you need to for the finale it's like i almost had wished he would have shown up and like kicked down the door in that in that scene but i get why he didn't but it'll just be an interesting choice if they i honestly that think that the only way that they can introduce jake at this point is maybe as a post credits scene or a cliffhanger for the yeah. last episode because yeah. there's just no time to introduce an entirely new character uh yeah. the, that's the only you if we get some sort of you know resolution you know, that'll be the thing that that I think that we need to see Jake come up after that, where it's like Moon Knight's got his stuff figured out. And then you're like, oh, just kidding. There's another personality. I'm with you. I don't want Jake Lockley to be a big part of the finale because I feel like it would take away from uh, from everything we've been building emotionally and character wise. I, I don't want that. Uh, I do want Jake Lockley, but I don't yeah. want it to take away from the story that's been very impressively and and tightly told so far. Um what else do we have here? Can I asked uh, a question about, about Randall. Oh. oh, yeah, go ahead. Because, like, I had to do a piece earlier today. Kofi giving us uh, Marshall's. I see him in the comments. What up, Kof? Uh, doing, like, sort of setup for him as the reason why everything kind of hit the fan. Although they're children, so you can't really blame him. But also, there's no body. And in Moon Knight <laughs> comics, he ends up being, like, what is it called? Uh, Shadow Knight. Which mm. is in like a cult, like based around Kanshu and has similar powers and wears the cloak. So immediately, a small part of myself started to get the MCU's like phase one, phase two dread of is his long lost brother going to be what Harrow uses against him in the finale? And they have to fight each other, like anime style, running on these pyramids. <laughs> I hope I don't think so, yeah. but it was like it did because it go into my back of my head like, oh no, we're, are we going to have the inverse battle that happens <laughs> in a bunch of these where it's like you are the evil version of me and I must best my evil version of myself. I mean, I'm just you look at the pattern of 
look at all of phase four, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, kind of. Uh, what else do we have? Eternals. Con- yeah, Eternals fits into what I'm trying to say here. What else have we had so far? What if doesn't count towards anything? Loki had a crazy weird ending that I, I can't even connect that to anything. But there's a pattern with a lot of the Marvel properties lately that they have these really character driven tight stories. And then they have these overly explosive third acts. And uh, like Shang-Chi, I, I really love the third act. The first time I watched it, I was like, it felt like it got away from the grounded Kung Fu nature of the film. But then I watched it again and I was like, this, I, I like it. It's, uh, you know, it celebrates uh, like culture and it ties into the story really nicely. And I, I ended up enjoying like that a lot more the second time I watched it. Black Widow, I still like the movie as a whole, but I thought the Red Room falling out of the sky was kind of ridiculous. The fight was kind of ridiculous in the air. The Taskmaster stuff was kind of like, whoa. Hmm. And uh, Eternals, Eternals actually, I thought the third act was my favorite part, but uh, it is the same thing where it, it kind of felt like it got away from a lot of the stuff it was doing early on. WandaVision had a big CGI fight with Vision versus Vision and Wanda versus Agatha and stuff. And I don't know, I mean, you're, I know you're going to get fights. I want fights. I want action. But uh, I wanted to at least fall in line with kind of the tone of the show leading up to it. And I'm really hoping that this Moon Knight finale doesn't do that. Right. And I also think that if the stakes are high, you know, the action doesn't necessarily have to be big. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's a that's an important point to make is you can st- you could have one person fighting one other person. And if the stakes are, you know, if you feel like the main character is going to lose that to me is a that's a big deal. It's, a, you know, it can still be emotional based and not have to be like a big CGI explosion slugfest. Yeah, yeah. I do agree with Aaron's point, though. I hope they don't like I would like to see his brother come back. I, I was not aware of the whole Shadow Knight thing. That is very cool. But I feel like it would really undercut the entirety of this episode in so many ways if he did come back in the finale. It's like that is something you could tease like five or so years from now when Moon Knight is just a supporting player in the MCU. You could have that be a storyline. But I think if they did that right away, it would be like this is a little too much. I I, I would encourage anyone else who like I saw someone I think it was casual cosplaying in the comments say that like this is larger than a phase four problem if yeah. you google beam of light yes third act yes you can see a bunch of people smarter than me talk about this as it like somehow somewhere in their Marvel Studios after Avengers one they were like you know what people like a big old beam of light signaling Im- ign- like imminent doom and the heroes had to come together to stop whatever the source of this beam of light is as long as that's not the thing although if you've seen all the promotional material there is a beam of lights that we have not seen yet in yeah. moon knight with arthur harrow and that staff of his so we'll see if they invert it somehow you know the, anything could it, it, it doesn't have to beam be that darkness. The beam of dark- <laughs> <laughs> it's an inversion uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Randall Specter being Hatchet Man slash Shadow Knight would be uh, would be an interesting the way to do it, and that's got to be intentional that they introduce that character. Um, Layla's father is going to end up being important, and mm-hmm. because we got Bushman name dropped yes. in this episode, as as we've talked about on the show. For anybody who I don't know if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Hope you're here next week. Um, Bushman was there with the as described in today's episode was. He's a madman who was a mercenary who were running the show with, with Mark Spector. And when Mark refused to kill the archaeologist, Bushman did it. He, he beat 
Mark basically to death, uh, just as as to as close to death as you saw today, before Conchu bestowed the powers on him and healed him. Um, and Bushman like gets his face cut off at one point. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. And Oscar Isaac has said he said in the interview with us that you can find on the Phase Zero YouTube channel. Uh, right now that he really wants to see that Bushman stuff be brought to life. He wants to do it. So I think he might know more than he let on there, but uh, Bushman got name dropped and we saw Layla's father dead and he's wearing a, a scarlet scarf with a scarab on it. And he used to call her his little scarab. And so there's a character in Marvel comics named the scarlet scarab, who's like a protector of Egypt and he'll fight off anybody who tries to invade Egypt. And I don't really know if like Scarlet Scarab was portrayed as a villain for the actions back then, because like he has fought against like even Captain America. So I don't know how, but I think there you can if if that was the case. I'm I'm just not super familiar with it. Uh, then you can make this character more accurate to the fact that like they're just genuinely trying to protect Egypt from anything infiltrating their culture and uh, beliefs and everything. So I think that that the the character Scarlet um, Scarab the name is Abdul Faul, and Layla's full name is Layla Abdullah El Fauli. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong, um, but they're pretty close, and it seems pretty intentional that they're they're making that connection there. So maybe Layla is going to end up becoming like a protector of Egypt and uh, something like that beyond this, and I I think that'd be really cool. And maybe that's why they decided to make the character Egyptian instead of the archaeologist's daughter in the comics, who's just a white woman. That would be really cool. All of this is just justifying to me why we would need a second season. And so the fact that they're still <laughs> billing this as a miniseries is just like so frustrating because <laughs> it's like there is more than enough, I feel like, to potentially do six more episodes of this. It just remains to be seen if they actually will. I'm, I'm so. having trouble imagining what other thing you could fit freaking Moon Knight in after this, the way oh, that the show has know. gone out. Go, go Chris. Oh. Werewolf by Night. I, I mean, yeah. I, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a post-credit scene yeah. that sets up some sort of Werewolf by Night connection since we're supposed to be getting that around Halloween. But that's that's definitely 100% where I think we'll see Moon Knight next. And, and if not, then Blade. Like, he, would, yeah. he yeah. would totally fit within Blade. Blade can start building up at Midnight Suns. Yes. We can, you know, we already have uh, Dane Whitman over there, too. Yeah. So I think a Midnight Suns could definitely be on the way. And Blade, it's a great call. Um, all right, was there anything else we wanted to add about this episode? Oh, one last thing I wanted to add, and then I'll let you guys do uh, anything you have. A um, little Easter egg I spotted on the movie poster for Tomb Buster uh, in, in Mark's childhood bedroom. Uh, the, it said uh, Doug Perlin was one of the names on, on that poster in the credits. And maybe I'm fishing here, but Moon Knight was co-created by Don Perlin. So, I mean, that's a big coincidence if it's not an Easter egg. I'm just going to leave it at that. That's cool, though. Mm-hmm. Also, else? what a great name is Tomb Buster. That's a, <laughs> that's, that's a guy who doesn't care about these relics at all. Mm-hmm. Just breaking through those things with a sledgehammer. Give me that mummy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that mummy. <laughs> that sounds dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean it that way. But in hindsight, I shouldn't have said it, I guess. <laughs> so you, you will. <laughs> oh, someone else talk, please. Okay. Well, that's it. <laughs> well, we're gonna call it right there. I think that's today's show. Yeah. Uh, the let me let me go ahead and real quick before we sign off, um, check and make sure that Disney hasn't revealed that 
I don't know. They're making a Nova movie at CinemaCon. <laughs> uh, CinemaCon has already been packed with news. Batman's getting a sequel. The yep. Flash movie actually has footage. Yep. Uh, so there's something called Tales of the Jedi. Oh, oh, oh. oh. It's like animated anthology shorts like Star Wars Visions. And I don't oh. know exactly anything else except for that. Uh, Amy Ratcliffe and Dave Filoni are going to talk about it at Star Wars Celebration here. Oh. Uh, so they just, they, I don't know if that was supposed to be in that press release, but it was in there. That's and true. now we know that there's something coming from that. Well, hopefully we get some movie news, some Marvel movie news. I would love that. That would be yes. good. Um, but the next time you hear from us on Phase Zero, uh, I will have seen Doctor Strange. Will anybody else? Is anybody else seeing it? I Jenna's seeing it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Jenna seeing it. Aaron, maybe we'll figure out if we can get you to see it somehow. I don't know. I got to try to see if I can pull some strings, Chris. Yeah. For you, you go opening night. Uh, yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm busy up until then. So I won't be able to make any. Afraid I can't make time for Dr. Strange. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have, uh, I'm going to see some of Dr. Strange tomorrow. I don't know how much. I don't think it's very much. Uh, and then the full movie. Monday, no spoilers from me. I promise you that. No spoilers from any of us. Yep. Uh, until the bonus episode, which we got to figure out how to record because I will be at Disney World. Mm. Um, it's tough, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Chris, any uh, any final words for today's show? Nope, no. It's good to be here. Good to see you guys. I, I love being on. So thanks for having me. Thank you. For, thank you for joining us, Chris. Aaron, what do you got to say uh, before we go? Uh, just big thanks to everybody out there watching, keeping uh, the YouTube channel growing. I'm happy that we got Chris Killian away from his base on the moon where he's working with Nick Fury. That's where he's yeah. been this entire I, time. Did right? you guys did you guys like this this background that I've got here? This is actually yeah. this is not real. It's CGI. Uh, I just wanted to make it feel a little homelier, uh, but that's that's not really a spaceship. So or not. It is a spaceship. That's my point. It's not really a, an actual wall. <laughs> Jenna? I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> um, but no, follow me on Twitter at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn. Go read some comics. There are some really great ones this week. If you're not reading the Rogues miniseries that DC is putting out, that one is amazing. So definitely go read that. And yeah, just stay tuned for Doctor Strange stuff next week. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming on phase zero. Um, I just want to say, Jenna, Aaron, and Jamie, who's not here today, doing the show with you guys is like one of my favorite things I ever do. And building this community with you guys, it, it's I'm really proud of you guys. I learn from you guys every week, and I'm really grateful for this community. Uh, I think you're all just tremendous, and I, I've had so much fun doing this with you. And I look forward to it every week. And I, I, I Chris, thanks for joining and filling in for Jamie today. And um, I love this entire community, and I, I hope to see you again next week. And Keep talking and celebrating the stuff we love and having fun with it. So love you all. And uh, we'll talk soon. <laughs>